Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Danny Leonard on the RiderFlex podcast. Danny uh, had your partner on, had your co-founder on about Ramped. Uh, trying to, what was it, six months ago or something? I was looking at the date. I was listening to some of that. So it'd be good to get an update. But before we get into that, I want to know about Danny, the person. I want to know mom, dad, siblings. Uh, you know, what kind of kid were you? This is, give me some history. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I'm Danny. Uh, I, uh, what kind of person am I? A very deep question. Uh, I am from the Midwest originally. I grew up in Minnesota. I went to school at the university of Michigan and then moved to Chicago. So I assumed that my entire life would be in the Midwest. Uh, I am the oldest of three brothers, uh, son of Beth and Todd, and now father of two, uh, two boys, Teddy and Mayer and husband of Ari. That is me in a nutshell. Awesome. Okay. And you were the oldest of three boys. What did mom and dad do? Uh, my mom was a, or is a CPA. She runs a large private accounting firm in Minneapolis. And my dad uh, has done business development and entrepreneurship at different clean energy companies throughout his whole career. So that's where you got the entrepreneurial bug from your dad a little bit? Yeah, I think from, you know, both of them, right? My mom um, has always been a business leader in my mind. She's always led big teams. My dad uh, launched, started, has worked at various, uh, I don't know if I'd call them startups, but like startup companies potentially or like med tech companies, clean energy companies. So for sure, my parents had a heavy influence on uh, the direction I took. Although my mom probably wishes I got into the Family business, uh, being a CPA. <laughs> yeah, but you were a sales guy right from the beginning, pretty much, weren't you? Yes, lucked into lucked into sales, lucked into sales at Groupon. Um, did your mom's firm do the taxes for or do the books for Ramped? <laughs> uh, we use a combo, so she does she does a little bit of them, but we 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 go with uh with, with someone else too. Okay. Our, our bookkeeper is someone else, but her firm does the tax tax accounting. Uh, it's like a combo. I don't, I don't know okay. if I'd call it either one that they, they, uh, they definitely help. Okay. Very good. All right. You know, that's nice to have her as a numbers expert, right? I'm sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, and both of them with their experience early on for you, I'm guessing whether it was cap tables or operating agreements or, you know, any of the bullshit that owners have to go through insurance or whatever, you, you know, being able to lean on them for their experience. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that was helpful for sure. I mean, look, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to have some, uh, it's nice to have like key influencers or key influences in your life to steer you in the right direction. It just so happens that they were also in business and have always been in, in that field. So that's, it's, it's helpful when, uh, when things are great and when things are tough to like bounce ideas off of either way. What kind of kid were you? 
Were you straight A's? Were you in a, at the library every day? Were you a rebel? Oh, man. I think you, you probably get a, you might get the same answer from my parents. I was a straight A student, but I was never in the library. Oh, really? All right. So naturally, uh, just, you know, easy for you. It was, you, you didn't find it hard to get good grades. In, in high school, I did not find it hard at all to get good grades. In college, different story. I definitely studied uh, a lot at Michigan. It was definitely work hard, play hard. Uh, and I was in the business school. So, you know, you had that added pressure of wanting to achieve and wanting to excel. So I was definitely studying and also uh, also having fun there. But high school, yeah, no, I was was not in the library very much. Um, you know, high school was, high school was fairly easy for me. Why'd you go to Michigan if you went to high school in Minnesota? Why'd you pick uh, Michigan? You know, it's weird. I grew up um, always rooting for Michigan. I think it was because of the Fab Five. So when I was a kid, I can look back at pictures of me and I would have like a Michigan jersey on or a Michigan t-shirt or Michigan hat. It was just something that was in my head from... I, as long as I can remember. And then when I grew up and realized it was a good school and um, I see. obviously the athletics had a, a lot to do with it as well, like good football program. Uh, and I'm a huge sports fan. So it aligned with nearly everything. And I just applied and got in and it was a no brainer. Did you go to the football games? Yes, of course. Of course. It, everyone, it, everyone. Oh, really? Oh, so you went to all. Okay. Was it crazy? Everyone. Wasn't it? What an experience. I mean, the best, the best, you know, 100,000 plus fans all uh, in one in one stadium. Uh, I mean, it's there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. The whole campus like goes the same direction to the game. So you're with just like every crazy fan. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tons of fun. I wish I wish, you know, my my four years there, we had a few coaches that were great. The first two years were pretty great. And the last two were just really, really, really poor. So Speaking of coaches, um, speaking of coaches, didn't you just have a change or what's going on with Harbaugh? I saw something in the news. He's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> oh, was He's he back. almost stolen away or something? Almost I didn't... stolen. It's his, his uh, yearly pilgrimage to uh, flirt <laughs> with the NFL. And then he always comes back. He knows where home is. I mean, you know, that's a pretty sweet job being the coach of Michigan. Yeah. Right? yeah you're, like, you're, like a, you're, you're like a God figure walking around. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good one. Pretty good one. <laughs> I don't know if I would want it. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I want to deal with the, uh, the pressure of being a, a head football coach at a, at a program like that. But, um, you know, he, he lives and breathes football. There's no one better for the role. Yeah, no doubt. So you're going to school. Uh, did you know, I mean, you went to school for business. So mm -hmm. did you have the idea, like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur or you're like, ah, I don't know. I'm just going to get my business degree. We'll see what happens. Did you have a plan there? So yes and no. So when I, um, when I went to school, I, I did always know I wanted to be in business. Now I would be lying if I told you that when I was 17, 18, 19, I knew what that actually meant. Like I saw people in business and doing business, but you know, doing business, what is that? It could be anything to anyone. So when I got into the business school, there was a heavy push from both the business school and from, you know, folks around me to get the great job coming out of business school, which at the time was investment banker or consultant. And I graduated into the great financial crisis. So yeah, when I graduated, uh, those jobs were either evaporated or 
looked on much differently than they were when I started school. So mm -hmm. I was at a little bit of a loss coming out of business school. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I always, I, I, I knew I wanted to start a business. I didn't know what that business was. I didn't have a great idea at the time. Um, so I took some time off and I actually worked at a summer camp right after school and oh. kind of like recharged and then got out of that and uh, thought that, or maybe tried to appease my parents by uh, telling them that I wanted to be a lawyer and taking the, the, the LSAT. And that oh, was, All right. that was, that was miserable, miserable. One of the things that you just know in your body, I didn't know at the time, but like you just, everything feels wrong and off about it. Yep. I hated it. And then a friend called me up and he was like, Hey, I'm working at this cool company. Um, you know, it's called Groupon. Essentially we sell, you know, discounts, but what's cool about it is we put these local businesses on the map and we give them an audience that, uh, they wouldn't have exposure to elsewhere. And I checked it out. And honestly, the first thing that stood out to me about Groupon at the time, there were about 40, 40, 50 people yeah. was their website had this little webcam and it showed into the office. It was like ahead of its time into the office, like what the office culture was like. And people oh, were wearing flannels. Oh, people oh, were like oh, wearing oh. jeans to work. I'm like, Oh, cool. This is a cool company. And then as I spoke with more and more people there, I was like, damn, this is a really, really good idea. Like, you are changing lives for business owners, you know, local hotspots, mom and pop restaurants, and just giving them this crazy exposure they never would have had. And uh, I, I like fell in love with the idea, applied to every single job on their job board. And the recruiter called me and he was like, Hey, you, you can't, um, you can't, you can't supply to like every job. Like that's not how this works, but <laughs> we have this unpaid sales internship and your buddy speaks really highly of you. Like come down. I was in Minneapolis, come down to Chicago, try it out. If you do well, we'll give you a full-time role. And that was it. And I jumped at it. What'd you do? Stay with your buddy, sleep on his couch. Cause you didn't pay anything. How'd you, how'd you survive that? What would you uh, noodles or what? <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 uh, moved with, with a friend and we got an apartment. Um, and look, we were, we were balling on a budget. It was like make or break. Right. So we, we, we had to, we had to make money or, or we were out of there. Was it Chicago or New York? Chicago. It was in Chicago. Okay. All right. Very good. Interesting. Right. When you see the camera, I, I guess I forgot about that with the camera looking inside the office. Now, if that had been Southern California or, or something like that, you might think, oh, that dress code. Okay. Yeah. But man, Chicago or New York back then, it was still a little more suit and tie, kind of. Suit and tie. Bit. For sure. Yeah. Suit and tie. Bro, can you imagine putting on a tie every day? I, wouldn't that just suck? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I was known at Groupon and there was, it wasn't like super formal at all. There were definitely people they, you could wear whatever. So some people were, you know, t-shirt and, and jeans and some wore some dressed up, but I was known because I wore the same hoodie every day by my SVP of sales as like the hoodie guy, <laughs> like two hoodies uh, in my rotation. <laughs> uh, I was out in the garage recently digging around up in the attic above the garage. And I came across this, uh, big, uh, uh tote you know the storage tote and opened it up and there was probably 20 suit jackets and sports coats in there because i'm 55 years old and back when i was your age and humping it everybody still wore ties and jackets and uh totally i was looking at that going man those i haven't worn jacket and tie in like 20 years like wow it's a long seems like forever ago and i'm so glad we don't do that anymore or at least oh my god most companies don't 
Okay, so you're so you're in Chicago. They finally move you out of this unpaid internship. You start making money. You're still single at the time. You haven't you're working for this cool new up and coming company. You're single. You're having a good time in Chicago. Life's life's okay. Life's okay. Life's okay. Yeah, Chicago was great. Uh, it's like at least when I was there, you know, it's this cool. Chicago is an amazing city. It's built really well. It's on this like very easy to navigate grid and the water the lake is one of the main components of the cities right on the lake obviously it's cold to midwest but that to me didn't matter doesn't matter at the time doesn't matter now um but like you know clean nice a lot of fun people are like generally work hard play hard you yeah. know and and all the big 10 schools like infiltrate that city so you got friends you know friends from life coming from my high school that are there friends from other big 10 schools and everybody seemed to be young and having a good time. And, uh, and yeah, it obviously helped that I was at this super cool startup that, you know, I started as employee 50 to a hundred range and a year later it was 400. And then a year after that was 15,000 in a public company. So it was, it was wild. Unbelievable. And then you, and then you, um, got recruited, made a few jumps, um, to a few different places. You don't have to, you don't have to stop at each one, but tell me kind of lump them together for me and just tell me what, did you have, um, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to be happy. Uh, <laughs> or, or did you make a couple of moves and it just wasn't right for you or a combination of both as you were searching for the right thing? Talk to me about that period of time. Yeah. So Groupon, it got to a point where it was really, really big. And I joined a company that was a startup and, on the like upswing, the growth period. And I had not imagined myself working one in sales, like our sales management or upper level sales management at a big company. And two, I, I, I had the itch to just work at startups. Like that was yeah. what I wanted to do. And yeah. very fortunately, um, I hadn't even really started looking, but I got hit up by a CEO at a YC backed company in 2012 and he was launching a company that was essentially like DoorDash before DoorDash. So uh, he's like, Hey, why don't you come over and run our sales team? We just got some cap, some seed funding, like build it out. Let's see what happens. Uh, and move to, move to SF. I'd never, I'd never stepped foot in SF before moving there. Really? Not once mm -hmm. visited. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had no idea what it was. In fact, I looked on a map, and their company was based in, I think, Palo Alto at the time. Yeah. And I legit looked at the map and I was like, oh my God, Palo Alto is like right next to SF. Like, I'll be fine. I'm just going to live in the suburb of SF, which is Palo Alto. Turns out it's like legit an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> it's super expensive. Also super it's pricey expensive. at the time. Oh my God, man. It is expensive out there. Did, did you negotiate? Too. Now you were young back then. Did you, did you think to negotiate some equity in this young new, did you like, yeah, I'll do it, but I want a piece of the action or you, you that is, uh, yeah, that was, that was where I, that was where I focused was the equity piece. So good man, good job. Uh, so that, that was, uh, that was, that was the decision then. And then, you know, I found myself at a, a bunch of different startups and what I thought, um, and I don't know if I was like as systematic when, the group on to order head transition, but I always known, like I said in the beginning that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, be a founder, run a company. So what I think I've been doing looking back on it is kind of like learning 
the phases of yes. a company in reverse, right? So I started at Groupon, got a chance to see that go from one to a hundred. I went from a few different other startups, this like bucket of what I did in SF, and I saw it go from zero to one. And then I started my own thing. And now I started my my own thing again with two amazing co-founders, one of which you've obviously spoken yeah. with. But so now we get the chance to do zero to hopefully a hundred with, uh, with Ramped. Yeah, you've had the entrepreneurial bug since the beginning, I think, for sure. Uh, what stage or what point in your timeline did you meet your wife? I met her in SF uh, at that first job, not at, oh. but during that first job in um uh in the small tech company okay all right very good how'd you meet her out of the downtown out you're at the bar one night she's across the room and you're like i need to know <laughs> a mutual friend actually introduced us like casually not to date and okay uh, we actually we hit it off then we didn't and then we hit it off again all right very good how long have you been married we have been married since 2017 so july 2017 very good. five years holy cow and two boys, two little boys, two little boys, two little boys. It's busy at your house, then. <laughs> it really is, really is. And she, um, she runs her own business too. So we've oh. got two jobs or two two companies, uh, two boys under three. <laughs> so is she a founder in her company then, an owner? She is a yeah, the owner of an interior design shop called Citroen Home. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Did she have her own mm -hmm. gig going when you guys first met or she, you, you, she started that along the way? She started along the way. She's actually started uh, her business before I started either of mine. Um, she went to school for uh, design um, and then went to, she went to Cal and then went to a Berkeley extension course to learn like specifically some interior design products and interior design software and then just jumped out. She was working for a design, uh, like an interior designer at the time, and then just jumped out on her own and hasn't looked back. She, I think she started in 2014 or 2015. It's so like right after we met. Did that, I mean, that was an attraction probably for you guys that you were both kind of entrepreneurs and had that, had that mindset. I'm guessing that was a great connection. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if that was like, it's funny you say that and maybe looking back on it, it was, I think I was more attracted to the fact that she wasn't in tech and I was in SF in tech where everybody is in tech. Like, ah, the whole right, city revolves right. around tech. And I was like in Chicago, you know, you, you can work in tech and have friends outside of tech and SF. It was, you're just bombarded for better or for worse, a, you know, great place to, to work, but um, everybody's in tech. You were married for a couple of years before you started ramped and you had gone through a few yep. jumps. Was she, was she, was she like, Hey, listen, Danny, you need, you need to, you need to, you need to settle. You need to settle in somewhere. What, what are you doing? Is, was there she some of that? Has, <laughs> she has been, um, one of it, one of our earliest conversations was about like life and what we wanted out of life. And I was very explicit with like, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's not the easiest journey, but this is something that I can't see myself not doing in the future and, you know, working, uh, or founding a business and being a you know the leader of a business and she's she's been you know fan number one since day one which is really great that's fantastic okay very good all right so walk me into this transition into ramped uh mm -hmm. how does it happen mm -hmm. for is it is this a, a conversation at a bar with your with your friends and you're just throwing out ideas and you pencil it out on a napkin walk me through it yeah, it's actually, it's kind of, it kind of was like that. So 
let's flash back to 2017 or maybe 2016. I forget the actual start date. It might, might've been early 2017. Okay. Um, I am running a business called Keep Scaling. It's a growth consulting firm where I took what I've learned at startups and helped founders build their sales teams out. So, okay. you know, I, okay. I've, I've done it a few times over and realized like, okay, I can help more people, help more founders because I know the playbook here. And through that engagement, I got paired up um, with the Yepay team at the time, which is where my two co-founders worked back then. Uh-huh. Um, I met them through 500 Startups, which is an accelerator out in SF. I got the opportunity to work with them for like three, four months in the 500 Startups Accelerator where I was their sales growth coach. Mm-hmm. And then after that engagement ended, they hired me directly as a consultant to help them build their sales team. And that's where I met both Mitch and Manoj. So Mitch was their... Um, founding salesperson and Manoj was their founding chief of staff. He was kind of jack of all trades at that point in time doing like literally everything for them. Um, and I just like loved them. We all connected really well. We really enjoyed working with each other at the same pace. Like everything was get it done, get it done quickly, get it done right. Um, we kept in touch for two, three years. And then we actually like got serious about some ideas over email. We're like, Hey, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this idea? Emails kind of turned into, um, to phone calls. And then we met as pre COVID. So we, we met up a few times and talked about our ideas. And the, the biggest one was at this, uh, Mediterranean restaurant in SF. I was still living in SF at the time, like, I think like two months before COVID and, we sat down and we're like, all right, let's get serious. Like what's the, what's the best at, what's the leader in the clubhouse right now idea. And we had all honed in around this idea that the hiring process really sucks. Like talent acquisition sucks, sucks for professionals because you can apply to hundreds of jobs and never get a response and not know the deal. Mm -hmm. And then we've all been, we had all been hiring managers at that point in time. And that process stinks too, right? You're just building these massive resume funnel capture um, entities and just like us cutting people side on scene and, you know, sifting through resume and resume is mind numbing. So we, our original idea was, hey, okay, could we create, could we train candidates to ace the interview process and know a little bit about the job and would that look attractive to an employer partner? And so the first test we ran was actually towards an employer, not towards the candidate, okay. was we're all business people. We want to we want to make money. Businesses is out there to make money. So we thought, OK, let's send some cold emails, do some customer discovery. And the pitch was if we sent you trained and skilled applicants for this one specific role, could you or would you take a look at them? And then two, would you hire them? Trained and, and sk- trained and skilled on like that company's platform, that company's software. Uh, yep, what do yep. you, yeah, what, what do you, what do you mean by, because I'm assuming they would only interview candidates that were already experienced in what they were looking for. What additional training and skill do you apply to them? If you don't mind. Good yeah. question. Good question. So let me give you the, the direct example that we use. So we started with the role of sales development representative within tech companies. So those are folks who are early career or first job out of college, their role is very specifically cold calling, prospecting, not closing the deal, but generating pipeline for the experienced closers. So we 
very much we specifically said in like this outreach hey if we train them on cold calling we train them on objection handling and we train them on the basic tools that they would use would you take a a, a meeting with them would you would you interview them um bubble them up to the top of your funnel essentially and like we got so like overwhelming yes like everyone was like yes i will talk to them call me some people you know you never get that from a sales email like because call normally me right now because normally that company would like recruit from college campuses or whatever and and Rock hire shape, somebody right? hire, hire somebody that had potential but no real yep. training or experience i see yep yep got so it. Got it. so we we hoped to make it easy on the hiring managers and the vps of sales and in ex in return we got like an overwhelming okay, this is interesting. Call me right now. And we had some early customer discovery conversations. Like, what are you looking for? What are the five things you care about? You know, we had a hunch we'd done this before. I specifically hired a bunch of people in my career, but they, they were pretty explicit. Like, Hey, I just want, I want the basic knowledge of the role. I want them to come in knowing that they want to be in sales. I want them to come in knowing that they want a career um, that is competitive, you know, on a team, in a you know environment like that obviously they need to cold call and then they should know the basic ins and outs of the tech stack they should know what salesforce is they should know how to send an email cadence an email sequence so we developed training for that and when the first when the first when the first few companies said yes we're interested send us some people we were like were you like oh fuck okay now we actually have to get yeah dude, of course we're like oh shit we gotta <laughs> we gotta go find these folks <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like high-fiving like holy shit somebody got back yeah. to us and then you're like oh damn now we actually have we're to get in, we're ready. <laughs> oh god we have no one to, we have no one to train <laughs> that's pretty good how did you get the candidates uh how'd that would you throw up some yeah how'd you get that end of it so it was it was an interesting time so we started we called it official january 2020 for some perspective okay. so january 2020 to march 2020 we were flush with companies. Companies kept saying, yes, we're like, holy cow, so great. We have all these open, you know, success-based recruiting style contracts, so there's no risk. Um, but we had them. We were able to sign them with no product, no website, no nothing, just well, emails and were they paying? Were they paying for something? What were they paying you? They were paying per hire. So, you know, if they right. were to hire, okay. Okay. They, would, okay. they would pay us a, right. a cut. Um, and we had no no candidates. And then boom, March 2020 hits. Everybody knows what happens then. All of those contracts disappeared almost immediately. Uh, clearly, people were yep. freaked. Yep. And, and were you guys were you, were you guys all still working on the jobs or or what? Yep. So I was still focused primarily on my um, my consulting uh, consulting okay. business. And Mitch and Minoj had moved on from Yaypay, but they were at other other jobs as well. Uh, so co COVID hits. And we are like, oh my, oh my God, we are, we are maybe yep. screwed. I don't know. We, 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 it's still an idea, honestly, at this point. So we weren't. Had like, you poured a bunch of money in, or it hadn't taken that much money? To, okay, so it wasn't. No. Right. So you weren't. It wasn't like you had raised a, a friends and family round of five hundred thousand. No, no, risk. no. We we didn't raise. We didn't raise actually until like a year until we had traction and success. Okay. All right. Um, I think we put. We each put. I'm gonna misremember. Five uh, k in, like a yeah. personal funds, okay. and be, it's something small, just to like. But still, buy but still, the emotional hit of all oh, the world shutting down, COVID's here, shutting like, down, oh, right? Okay. Oh, but then, but then, very quickly, we put some like just some pre job posts up to see if we could lead capture, and tons of 
professionals signed up like right away because they were all looking for jobs. So, yeah, sure. you yeah. know, we got an opportunity to really beta test and train people. We trained them hand to hand. We like manually trained everybody. Like, here's what you're going to be asked on an interview. Here's what you're going to be asked about cold calling. Here are the ins and outs of cold calling or the ins and outs of Salesforce. Let me walk you through how to build a report. Let me walk you through objection handling. Um, so we did that's that all your, manually. That's your real investment right there. You may not have put a bunch of dollars in it first, but you spent a bunch of time, sweat equity, getting these candidates ready, right? Because they're the candidates totally. aren't paying they're not paying you anything. Not paying yeah, us anything. Okay. So all right. Yeah. All lots of, of invested uh, time. Yep. yep. Exactly. And then um then very slowly the world turned back on and we already had the motion down for C job opening for a sales development rep, you know, go out and try to sell those companies. And we were able to do it. And then I think it was May, 2020, we made our first real match, like a trained, okay. That's great. ready to go salesperson matched with a corporate partner. And we were just like through the moon, so excited. And, and then you got paid you know, and, they actually, and they actually paid you. <laughs> someone paid us. Someone wrote us a check. We were like dumbfounded, you know, yeah. crazy. Getting that first check in is so awesome. Is it? It was crazy. Like, oh, yeah, shit. It, was, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so... You have a sales team that's hunting new companies to sign them up as as clients on that side mm -hmm. all the time. How many companies have signed up? Can you share that? Do you want to talk to how how big is your company database? Yeah, without without revealing too much, you know, we've been around since uh, we called it official in June 2020, and since then, I am very proud to say we've worked with hundreds of companies throughout the U.S. and and Europe. Very nice. Congratulations and. How do you continue to get your stable of candidates? Um, can any candidate be like, yes, I want to apply or I want to get my name in the system? How do you get candidates? Yep. So uh, anybody can apply. If you want a sales role, if you want a financial services role, an accounting, accounting role, excuse me, um, those are kind of our bread and butter jobs. Those are ones we know really, really well. There's a few other verticals that we're opening up that you can always get in for free. We do a bunch of things. The number one thing we're doing today, the thing that works best for us is referrals and word of mouth marketing because our network is so big today. So we have hundreds of thousands of folks who have engaged with Ramped to various degrees, either through a podcast or through our direct you know, website, our skilling, um, our applications that sit maybe native or white labeled within other businesses. So there are tons of ways people engage with us. And we use those folks uh, as referrals, because if they love Ramped, they're going to share Ramped better than we could ever share it. So that's one one big way. Um, then we use a bunch of digital marketing channels uh, and um, you know, basic basic uh, job boards. You know, anywhere where you'd see you know free content, free scaling, okay. we'll we'll likely be there. Uh, why not? Why not like make a bunch of deals with colleges? Because aren't you aren't you? That's a major part of your database is, is college students without specific skills. So why not just sign an agreement with Michigan or something? So colleges are definitely an area of opportunity for us. It's not like we're anti-colleges. Um, we definitely have uh, explored partnerships with colleges and signed partnerships with colleges. The key reason is we need to hit that student in that time where they're looking for a job and when they get a job. So that's really like senior year. And the other thing is colleges move very, very slowly. So I don't know if you know it, but the career services department at a school, their incentives are not necessarily to 
find other areas for the for the student to learn. It's I think either to present jobs or mm. get folks jobs, I guess. Yeah. But we have yeah. found them to be very slow moving. Uh, not a not a bad thing. We we hope to work with all of them in the future. Uh, mm. But I think it was it's longer tail if somebody's looking for a job right now. Okay, rampedcareers.com. That's where anybody listening, whether they're a company or a candidate, should go. Correct. Um, do you guys have yep. the podcast? You just have your podcast, the Ramped Podcast. Ramp Podcast is still up and running. We just wrapped season three. Uh, yep. We had an exceptional, exceptional season. Um, some high flyer, some high flyers across mm-hmm. talent orgs, investors, sales leaders. A very cool collection of uh, voices this year. That's great, and then people can find it anywhere. I guess I'm sure you're on all the platforms, etc. Is it on YouTube yep. as well? Is it video? We are on YouTube as well. We are video and audio. Okay, very good, excellent. Uh, I was going to ask you about colleges. Is is uh, is AI is Chat GPT going to shut down colleges? What what's going to happen, Danny? What's what's going? On? What you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I was um I was home for I think it was I was home for Thanksgiving this year. Home being Minnesota. And one of my buddies has a cousin who is 14, 15. She's in high school. And we asked her, you know, are you using ChatGPT now for like all of your homework? And she straight up said, I don't know what that is. (laughs) And I was shocked because if it were me, oh yeah, (laughs) I would just load that stuff in there and it would answer it. I have to imagine once the world formally all hears about it and adopts it the answer is like it has to be yes right like why would you go anywhere else I, seriously bro i yeah i uh i can't remember i saw a podcast clip or something i saw something on it i'm like what is this chat gpt what is this and then, and then i'm looking at it and I, I played with it for about an hour i went upstairs i got i got out of my chair from my office i went upstairs told my wife i'm like holy shit like have you seen this like this is this is it's a game nuts. changer like this is this it's- is this changes everything. I mean, and my first thought, Danny, was like, what college kid wouldn't use this for totally, all of their Totally, totally. I mean- <laughs> why, why wouldn't you just load in the problem or load in the statement and just spit out a five-page, my- five-page, you know, thesis, thesis statement want- or whatever. My wife went on our website. She went on the RiderFlex website. She goes, I don't like the way my bio looks. She goes, I want a different bio. So what I did was I just pasted my bio into ChatGPT, and then I told it to blah blah blah, and it just spit me out a new bio and within within like thirty seconds. <laughs> so so crazy! It's so crazy. I do think I think it's a complete game changer. Complete game changer. Um, is there any way that you guys work with recruiting firm? Like, how do you see? us like people like all right so rider flex is a boutique recruiting firm right we're like a yep. two and a half we're not like a two and a half million dollar firm mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and um we're a generalist so we will you know we'll do the ceo searches we also do the mass volume hiring a little bit all over the place how do you see folks like us and do you see partnerships referrals how do we help each other do you see us as like the competition how do you see people like us yeah, I would say it's a great partner for us right now because we have the talent. If you have companies that are looking for talent, we have exceptional talent. So I I think there is uh, an area of opportunity for Ramp to partner with all, I won't, I, I don't know, all, all open to partnership types mm. of recruiters. Um, I have found, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've found that 
recruiters are not as interested in partnering with us because they are looking to own that end-to-end relationship with the professional. And we're fine just giving folks extra selection on the job search because they're exceptionally well-trained and they're, um, they're vetted. They know they want the specific role. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I see it as a, as a, as a great partnership. Isn't it interesting in our industry? I, I am blown away. And I, I was an operations executive and a COO and CEO before for consumer goods. And so I'm, I'm not a lifelong recruiter. And, and since I've started RiderFlex, I'm blown away that more people don't want to have conversations to help each other. I've tried so many times. I've met with other firm uh, owners and stuff in Denver and in Colorado. And I'm like, hey, man, let's talk. Let's have lunch. Let, let's do something together. Let's do something bigger. And they're all very uh, closed off and like, oh, this is my thing. And we do it this way. And I don't want to. And I'm like, bro, like. Come on, man. Open your mind. Expand your mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think um, I think it's a natural partnership, right? If, yeah. if it's uh, it's all about for us, it's all about democratizing access to jobs. If y'all have jobs we don't have access to, we are interested in partnering. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to talk about that offline a little bit more. <laughs> What's the plan, Danny? Uh, you guys um, just having fun building it? Oh, first, first, let me go. Let me ask this first. Have you raised a bunch of cash? I don't know if you want to share how much you've raised. And are you guys and your two co-founders, are you still in charge of the cap table? Talk to me about cash raising ownership structure right now. Yeah, um, we we raised a, a seed round back in March 21. Okay. Uh, and uh, sorry, March 22. And we raised about three and a quarter million. So we're going to nice. take that capital and continue to build the platform. Okay. We just want to... Uh, have a positive influence, positive impact on as many job seekers as we possibly can. And the expression of that may look different from time to time with employers. So employers may tell us when talent cycles are down that they want these tools and we're going to go out and build tools. I think our, our, our key, um, our key thing that we will remember and have remembered is just again, like, democratizing access to jobs, democratizing access for individuals to get those jobs. That's, that's what we're all about. So the more we can do that, the bigger the audience we can uh, do that with, the better positioned we'll be. So I think the next, um, the next year, next two years will be on figuring out the best way to do that. Uh, okay. You're not in a raise right now. You're not in an open raise right now. No, nope. no, no. Uh, you're making money. Yeah. Or you're, you're not, you're not burning cash then. So you get your cash flow positive. You're, you're, you're turning a profit every month. We Pretty are. So, so we're, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely, we're going for growth still. I will say we're going for growth. Oh, so you translation, um, translation, you're still burning <laughs> cash. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're definitely, we're definitely a startup still. Are uh, you paying yourself something? Are you guys taking a salary? Uh, we are, we are, we are, we are paid. We are paid employees of the company. So that is nice but it's to not, say. But it's not a lot. Nothing, nothing <laughs> significant. Very, uh, you know. If it makes Peanuts, you feel any, as it should be, as it should be as founders. If it makes you feel any better, first year rider flex, I paid myself 20 grand. Second year rider flex, I think I paid myself like 38 grand. <laughs> I remember uh, after, after this, after the second year, my wife's like, um, yeah, you know, I know you're having fun building this and everything, but is this like, are we? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's the life of a founder is not as glamorous or glorious as, uh, as, as right. it seems out there. You got that right, buddy. 
Uh, well, are you still, so you're still in control. If you've only taken on that much cash, you guys are still, you're yep, still calling yep, yep. the shots. Yeah, good yep, for you. Yep, yep. Keep control for as long as possible, my friend. As, <laughs> as soon as the VC takes 51% of the cap table, oh, after boy. that, after that, by, nef, by definition, you are an employee. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, um, <laughs> we, uh, we obviously hope to maximize shareholder and equity holder value for as long as we possibly can. Um, and value creation for the for the marketplaces again, like our customers, our professionals, those are the folks we we care about the apps the most. Congratulations on everything you've built so far, my friend. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for having me on too. You bet, buddy. Thank you. Uh-huh.